What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, and there's lots of free resources there for you as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of The Art of Being Well, no matter when you listen to this episode, every month my team and I will be randomly picking winners and sending out free signed books. So how do you do this? All you have to do is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well. Let me know what you love about the podcast. And you can leave your Instagram handle on the Apple Podcast review and do it that way. Or you could screenshot the Apple Podcast review and message me over on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole and message me there and let me know you left a review. I'll be going through our messages on Instagram and on the Apple Podcast Reviews. My team and I will be randomly picking winners. And personally, I will send you a book signed to whoever you want. And yeah, you can pick which one you want, Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, or Intuitive Fasting. Yeah, so good luck. All right, let's get to today's guest. Man, this conversation, I know you all are gonna love this so much. Her name is Rebecca Kennedy. If you know me in any fashion, on social media, on the podcast, me as a guest on podcast, it will often come up that I am a fan of Peloton. I love my Peloton, not just the bike, but I love the weight classes, the advanced weight classes. I love the meditations. I love the yoga. I use it every day of my life. I love Peloton. This is not a sponsored episode of Peloton. This is directly from my heart and passion. I just freaking love Peloton. Anyways, one of my favorite instructors on Peloton is Rebecca Kennedy. I got to know her as a friend over the past few years. She's an amazing human being and an amazing trainer. And you all are going to learn so much from such an insider within 
fitness, around wellness, and within Peloton. Rebecca Kennedy's background is in dance, gymnastics, and track and field. This laid a foundation for movement and body awareness that she brings to every class that she does on Peloton. As a former boot camp instructor, a Nike master trainer, and much more, Rebecca aims to make every workout the best part of the day by celebrating movement and empowering through positivity. And stay tuned through the entire conversation because at the end, I'll answer another one of your burning health questions and then ask me anything. Let's get to it. This is Rebecca Kennedy's Art of Being Well. Rebecca freaking Kennedy. I can't believe this is happening. I, I am excited about this. Me too. I'm so happy to be here. Well, honestly, it's been something that has been on my wish list to talk with you for months. So I'm very grateful. <laughs> what? Yeah. That that made my day. I mean, likewise, <laughs> I, I've told you this before. Like I, you are my dream guest to, to pick your brain and all these things. And people are going to learn so much about fitness and wellness and learn from the best. So thank you so much. I, I appreciate have to, it. Yeah, of course. So you, as you know, I am part of the Peloton family. I, I'm a, I can see my light behind me flickering here. So you, <laughs> the angels are happy this is happening too. Yeah. I, I'm part of the Peloton family. And I always wonder as a viewer and a part of the family, live classes, I just have to ask you, do you get nervous before them? Like what's going through your mind before like countdown? Okay, we're live. I don't. Oddly, something that I actually go to the opposite side of it. I know public speaking for most people is like their number one fear. Yeah. And I, like probably yourself, I really, really enjoy it. I get super hyped up and knowing that there is, whether there's members actually in the studio or millions of them at home taking class, it is like a surge, a life force that is kind of inexplicable. It's really exciting. That's amazing. Yeah, you don't seem nervous at all. I just wonder. Some people are good at hiding it and are able to flow. But what if there's a tech issue? Like, what's the worst, like, on air live class, like, mishap that happened that you had to just push through? <sighs> well, you know, I mean, it's definitely a full production studio. So there are things that happen all the time. I remember it was like my first year I was teaching at Peloton. And as a former dancer and being on stage, on camera, everything, I just keep in my brain, the show must go on. And the timers for my class went out. All my notes went away. And I was just teaching a full-on boot camp, which is if you've taken, you know, you go yeah. from the tread to the floor and back. And I was just trying to use my gut instinct that I knew what 30 seconds felt like or go into yeah. reps and try to communicate that. And it ended up going as well as you can possibly imagine. <laughs> it was definitely nerve wracking at the time, but you kind of click into this gear where you're just like, okay, I'm going to make this work and we're going to figure this out. And I still know how to teach a class. I still know how to make a workout. Lean into your training, which is what I would pretty much tell anyone. Yeah. I have secondhand nervousness for you when I'm there. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Like if, what if the cues are off? What if the clock's off? I'm breaking out in a cold sweat for you. Oh but yeah. It, it, no, yeah. I mean, li listen, a playlist absurded at different times. We've had, you know, I've broken a nail, whatever it is, big and yeah. small. Yeah. You just got to figure it out and move on the fly. It's, it's totally fine. This is surreal for me right now. Cause in my mind, you and Jess 
King and Andy and Tunde and Adrian, all, they're all my friends. Mm-hmm. And, and we all hang out. But yeah. then I realized, wait, that's not true. That's not true. But I guess <laughs> that's the benefit of, I mean, that's part of the magic of it all, right? When I, you hit the nail on the head. It's, I literally think the heartbeat of Peloton is the community. It is you. It is everyone that feel that sense of connection, of friendship, of belonging, accountability, of excitement. It's like you can show up and listen, we're inside of your home. Like that's the most yeah. intimate place that you can be with somebody. And yeah. especially on a regular basis and not just, you know, teaching you fitness, which is definitely the baseline of what we do, but it's life changing. You know, it's very transformative. And I think when you're part of somebody's journey in that aspect mm-hmm. of it, it's incredibly powerful. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it deepens that connection even more. But yeah, we are absolutely. real friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. And I think about this. I've told you this before that you know I'm not there and that you know the the person that you're training isn't there, but you know the small little things that are obviously pretty common that people do as far as form and the mistakes mm-hmm. that we do. It's really impressive how you've really called out the common things like where did that come from because it's one thing to know it's another thing to communicate it when someone's not there what's your secret there so i know it's so funny you bring that up because i think that is something that i get dm'd often is that i say something almost at the same time as that person who's doing it and they're like you're you must be in my living room but it honestly i think it comes from Listen, I was a a fitness instructor and a personal trainer for almost over a decade now and for years before Peloton. So I've Mm -hmm. firsthandedly worked with hundreds and thousands of clients and just seen, I I can anticipate what could potentially be happening, what I know are the most important things to make sure that you know how to perform something safely, which is most important since Mm -hmm. you're not necessarily in front of me but effectively as well, right? Yeah. So then everything else, it's the coolest thing being a Peloton instructor because not many other instructors are actually doing the class with you. And oftentimes I'm doing something and I notice that I make a small adjustment or I'm fearing it in a certain place and I can speak to what's happening natively in my body at that moment, which is, I, honestly, it's a gift. It's one of the perks of actually doing the class while you're teaching it. So yeah, you, and you all make it look so effortless. And that's another thing that I think of, okay, are they really doing this as hard as they can, or they have to be like, reel it back a little bit. Cause you have to be able to breathe and talk on camera. <laughs> like what's the balancing act of, okay, let's go all out to pulling back a little bit to be able to run the class. Definitely a balancing act. Well, I was nervous about that before I actually launched at Peloton and I would go outside and run on the West Side Highway in New York City and I would sing out loud. I would just try to make my lung capacity and I could, you know, actually be able to talk and sing. If I could do that, I could teach and talk. The crazy thing is that, and you might have experienced this too, and and some of whether it's like you're working out or you're in a race or you're public speaking or you're giving a presentation or at a party, the rush of adrenaline that you get Mm. is it almost acts as an extra tool for you to be able to help propel that workout and teaching. So 
I think adrenaline is really helpful. Number one. Number two, you get used to everything. It's I'm training myself to do this mm-hmm. for four years now, almost five. And it just becomes second nature after a while. Mm-hmm. It is interesting. In some classes, I plan things that I know are going to be real kicks butt. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in those moments, I might actually put my weights down and coach at that moment because of doing super heavy dumbbell swings or, you know, devil's press or anything like that. I know I'm, I'm going to be working anaerobically and it's physically impossible to yeah, get yeah. out clear statements. So I'll yeah. actually, I'll pace myself and actually just cue everyone to keep going and get yes. through my form cues or whatever it is and then jump yeah. back into it. So it is a balancing act. A hundred percent. And in my mind, again, I'm looking at these little things. When you go and you call people out like, hey, you're cheering people on. I'm like, this is probably where she's pulling back to have to give more <laughs> later on. I could work for Peloton. I couldn't do the workouts as well as you guys. <laughs> Come but... on. <laughs> <laughs> well, it will get you an audition for sure. I'll leave that audition for you. <laughs> All right. Dr. Will Cole series. We'll do a one-off. <laughs> that would be great. The whole health and fitness world is talking about glucose, about blood sugar these days. And for good reason. Poor glucose control is tied to weight gain, fatigue, brain fog, sexual dysfunction, diabetes, Alzheimer's, it's known as type 3 diabetes, heart disease, stroke, and so much more. How do we track our glucose? So we can find out how our lifestyle affects our health and how we feel. This is where Levels comes in. Levels helps you see how food affects your health by giving you real-time feedback on your diet, as well as sleep, stress, so much more, using a continuous glucose monitor. I've been using Levels for a long time now, not just personally, but for my patients as well. It's part of how we track their improvements over time and it has made a significant difference in the way that I see blood sugar regulation as it relates to bioindividuality, how we're all different. It's the heart of functional medicine and you can see it for yourself with Levels. I started tracking my glucose in order to learn more about what I should and should not be eating based on my own physiology. And that's also why we use it for patients to find out their own unique bioindividuality. If you want to better understand how food, stress, sleep, your life itself affects your health and how you feel and try a continuous glucose monitor yourself, go to levels.link slash Will Cole. Again, that's levels.link slash Will Cole. L-E-V-E-L-S dot L-I-N-K slash Will Cole. Supermush is the world's best superfood mouth spray. They've created the easiest and most effective way to get your daily dose of energy, immunity, and chill. Mouth sprays are one of the most effective ways to ingest supplements and have the fastest absorption rates so you feel the effects immediately. Their daily energy mouth sprays formulated with cordyceps, lion's mane, rhodiola, some amazing medicinal mushrooms, and adaptogens, neurotropics. It also has some green tea for a smooth, clean burst of energy without the caffeine crash. Their daily chill mouth spray is formulated with ashwagandha, reishi, lion's mane, and lavender to support the parasympathetic, reduce stress, and get optimal restful sleep. 
And the daily immunity mouth spray is formulated with turkey tail, reishi, ginger, and vanilla to support your immune system and cellular health. All you have to do for any one of these is just do four to eight sprays in the morning or in the afternoon, whenever you want to, just throughout the day to support how you want to feel. I, obviously, the sleep one, relaxation one, you could do a little bit extra in the, at the night. My son, Solomon, he's 16 years old. He's super picky, by the way. He'll be the first one to tell you that. He loves these. They taste amazing. They're super effective. He notices such a difference in his focus, how he feels throughout the day, immune system function, and optimal sleep at night. Get $10 off your first order at supermush.com with code Will Cole. Again, it's code Will Cole for $10 off at supermush.com. Use daily to optimize your health. You talk about your fitness journey, and I'm curious to know and for people to know what your fitness journey has looked like and how it has evolved over time. I'm curious about the origin of this. Great question. And honestly, especially in the last two years, it's taken a very big, big turn. I grew up as a gymnast and a dancer. I even got my bachelor's degree in dance and moving to New York City to pursue dancing professionally, I was constantly using my body as a tool. And I knew that, you know, this is back in early 2000s. Okay. So every, there wasn't this, there wasn't a ton of social media around at the time, but everything that we knew and saw that we needed to look like to succeed at the time came from media. And I put a lot of pressure on myself to fit a certain mold at that time. And it worked for a while. I was pretty successful in that career and in fitness modeling. But I will say it didn't work well for my emotional state and for my relationship with food and my relationship with myself. I think the, what is it? The stick that broke the camel's back? What is the term? The straw. straw, The straw that broke the camel's back. Anything Ah! small. Sticks and straws. Okay. (laughs) The straw that broke the camel's back for me was my agent back at the modeling agency asking me to lose like 10 pounds of muscle. And I had worked really hard for that muscle. You know, I I was proud of it. I was like, I lift weights, I run, I teach, I preach how being strong is beautiful and it's admirable and it's healthy. And that for me was like, okay, this isn't happening anymore. It wasn't so quick. I say it's quick now, but the transition for me, it took a couple of years. And as I continued to go through my personal training, I still had a lot of clients that had certain physique goals that I catered to. And it wasn't actually until I got to Peloton that I started Hmm. realizing showing up can be enough. Mm -hmm. That getting a 20-minute workout, whether that's a low-impact ride, whether it's a meditation, whether it's a HIIT workout, it doesn't have to be the hardest thing all the time. And you don't Mm -hmm. have to look a certain way to have value or to be respected Mm -hmm. or to be worthy of anything. And it was through a lot of therapy and meeting new friends in my life that also held the same belief system Mm -hmm. that you can let go of all of those really heavy, harsh viewpoints on yourself and on fitness because you can't out diet 
or outwork your relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. So the last two years, I used to, I mean, I would work out six to seven days a week, sometimes two times a day. It was part of my routine and I didn't think twice about it. I thought if I did more, Mm -hmm. I could reach my goals faster. I would get more muscle, leaner, stronger, whatever it was. I could perform better if I race it. I would be moving up the ranks in my work. And my friends, and this is actually a very true story. I was at a DJ set with Jess King one night and she just came up to me. I was dancing. We're dancing. And she said, whatever you're holding on to, and I don't know what it is, but I feel it and you can let it go. And I just started like crying. I could start crying. I even get emotional wow. talking about it. She knows the story, but it was receiving permission that I didn't know I needed mm-hmm. to not carry baggage that wasn't mine anymore. So I was mm-hmm. able to put that down and... I started taking it easy. I started resting. I started changing the way I looked out and doing things that I enjoyed doing for the sake of enjoying it mm-hmm. instead, of the, instead of showing up for the specific goal of mm-hmm. changing myself. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I noticed the most transformative changes in my body and in my mental state Mm-hmm. when I started shifting my reasons for working out and how I was doing it. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's yeah. what this podcast is all about. That's why I call it the art of being well. It's not always go, go, go. You have to kind of <laughs> tune with, in with yourself. And I, I don't know if this was around the same time, but I noticed there was a time when you weren't holding as many classes on Peloton and you were kind of a taking a step break. It could have been for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Was that the around same time that you were like having this catalyst moment in your life? I mean, yes. Yes, it actually it was. So I think what happens often is that when we overtrain, we put ourselves into kind of a risky predicament and we can get mm-hmm. injured more often, right? Even if you're eating well and you're sleeping and, and you're getting as much recovery as you can, mm-hmm. your body still can only do so much. So I, yeah. I ended up getting injured from, I have genetically a smaller spine, I have a little stenosis and I, it wasn't from any particular workout. It was just a chronic issue mm-hmm. and it took me out of teaching for a while. And that was a stark realization when I was yeah. like, oh, no, 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 I need to take care of myself for the long run. Like, I don't know if you've experienced this, but in your 20s, everything's fun and games. Yeah, You can bounce back quick. <laughs> and, and in my 30s, I'm like, oh, this is the only body yeah. that I have for my whole life. And I need yeah. to make sure it works well and I can enjoy my whole life. Yeah. So yeah, working, you know, I go to PT two times a week and I get acupuncture regularly once a Mm -hmm. week. And the daily routine that I've kind of incorporated that's different now is been really helpful to help me recover from that injury, Mm -hmm. but also stay healthy and strong. And I feel today, which is super exciting to say, sitting in front of you, talking with you, I'm stronger and healthier than I ever have been in my life, which is really wild. 
That is so cool. And I think your message is going to speak so loudly to people listening to this right now that there should be a grace and a lightness into wellness. That's exactly what I teach my patients is that mm-hmm. more isn't always better. And like you said, it's just sometimes it's showing up and actually being easy on yourself and having these rest days and tuning in with your body. It's so important. So like right 100%. now, like I always wonder as a trainer that you're doing what you're doing in front of so many people how much training are you doing outside of the classes now, I guess, with this better relationship with yourself? Yeah, that's probably one of the questions I get asked most often. And if I'm teaching five days a week, I'm doing the workouts with you. And I work with my producers before each month we plan like what we're going to teach that month. So I make sure that I'm getting a good balance every week of both my cardio because I teach on the tread and strength and I'm not doing too much of the same thing and it's spread out. I'm not doing five advanced workouts one week and all beginner the next week. So we Mm -hmm. really sit down together and luckily they want our input into health building our schedule. Again, if I'm teaching four to five days a week on Peloton, that's pretty much the only gym workouts that I'll do. And I say gym, home gym. If I'm teaching three days a week, I'll definitely get outside. I There's nothing I love more than going for what they call now a hot girl walk or what I've just been doing my whole life is just <laughs> going out for a walk, you know, especially with my dog, if I can go out hiking. But things that I don't get to do on the Peloton app are some of the things that I like to incorporate just for my own inspiration because I think as a creative, you tend to, if you do the same thing over and over again, you can fall into a path of repetitiveness. And so I feel I get more inspired when I take a Pilates class or if I jump on the bike or if I even just allow myself to roll around and move around my apartment doing some some body weight stuff. So Mm -hmm. I will ask my body, like, what do I feel like? What do I need today? Mm -hmm. And luckily over the last couple of years, I've really been able to tune into my gut instinct of knowing, like you would say, this is very well called, intuitively deciding what it is that I need. Yeah. Oh man, I love Pilates so much, but I pretty much dance every day. <laughs> You're inspiring me because I don't take the the Pilates classes really at all. Oh, and no I kidding. guess I should. I guess I should now. Let me turn you on to your, <laughs> like the thing that will change. Don't stop doing what you're doing. Okay. Keep doing that because you're amazing. And it is the best compliment to literally anything that anybody is doing. If whether you're a pro athlete, if you're a dancer, if you're, you know, if you love cycling, if you love running, whatever it is, it honestly is the most beneficial complimentary workout. I have never experienced anything like this in my life. So. I'll, I will do it. Yeah. I am a student of yours. I will do it. I'll try, <laughs> I love to hear that. You'll have to let me know how it goes. I, I will. I'll give you okay. I'll give you feedback. I've just about seen it all when it comes to superfood blends. Some are great and really high quality, but a lot, let's be honest, are cheap and just not very good, to be honest, or worth your money. But one new superfood blend that I recently heard about, started trying, and love is Metabolic Reds. 
Metabolic Reds packs 37 superfoods into one delicious berry-flavored scoop that you mix into a glass of water and drink just once a day. And basically, it helps you start your day off feeling amazing from the moment you leave home in the morning until you're going to sleep at night. It contains a high-quality blend of antioxidant-rich organic red fruits, soothing adaptogens, probiotics for your gut health, and digestive enzymes as well for your gut health. And together, the superfood blend helps you support a healthy gut and digestion, healthy weight management and metabolism, healthy immune system, healthy heart, healthy aging, all the things. Basically, everything you need to start feeling incredible and full of energy every single day. And Metabolic Reds fits perfectly into any lifestyle. If you eat vegan, keto, paleo, it doesn't matter. Metabolic Reds will perfectly complement what you're already doing. And right now, you can try Metabolic Reds risk-free and get a free bottle of their incredible sister product, Metabolic Greens. All you have to do is go to getreds.com slash willcole to place your order. You're getting two amazing products for the price of one, but only while limited supplies last. So head on over to getreds.com slash willcole to purchase your supply of Metabolic Reds. Again, that's getreds.com slash willcole to order Metabolic Reds today and receive your free gift. If you've been living with eczema, acne, rosacea, you can relate to the frustration of trying dozens of products over the years without any long-term relief. With GladSkin, you can expect something very different. GladSkin is a new category of skin treatment that is made for people of all ages with eczema-prone, acne-prone, and rosacea-prone skin. But what actually causes the itchiness, redness, inflammation, and discomfort in the skin? It's a disruption of the bacterial environment, also known as, anybody that listens to the podcast will know, the skin microbiome. GladSkin specifically works to target the imbalance in your skin's microbiome, but unlike the other skin brands and prescription medication, GladSkin uses microbalance, a revolutionary protein that restores the balance of the good and bad bacteria that live on your skin so it can finally heal. It is so effective that 91% of users, both adults and children, who tried their top-selling eczema cream reported significant improvement after just seven days. GladSkin with Microbalance is steroid-free, works without harsh ingredients, and is clinically proven to reduce eczema symptoms it's even gentle enough for babies. So if you're frustrated with your treatment options, don't wait to try GladSkin. They are offering my listeners 15% off plus free shipping on your first order at gladskin.com slash willcole. That's gladskin.com slash willcole for 15% off plus free shipping. Gladskin.com slash willcole. I obviously, with the caveat of bioindividuality, we're all different at different points of our journey and checking in with your body. With that caveat aside, or in addition to that, what should the average person that's listening to this do as far as cardio, like the tread or the bike versus strength? Because I, you know this, but like the one, some people have it in their minds, well, I just have to do this, or that's my thing. And I, that's what mm -hmm. I need. If it's weight loss or getting stronger, they're in one camp or the other, but both are important. So do you right. have like a ballpark of what we should be, how we should be holding both in our life? Yeah. I mean, listen, at the baseline of it, I think if you're 
hurdle is just getting started, then you have to choose something that you know you enjoy enough to show up to. That's where you're going to start. If you're just getting into your fitness journey and you don't like lifting weights or you're afraid of lifting weights, start with something that you're not afraid of because I think that would be the first domino, right? Then once you start to get comfortable with movement being part of your routine, that's when I would 100% say everybody needs to strength train, especially as we get older, everybody Mm -hmm. needs to strength train. And I don't mean like you have to lift barbells and the heaviest loads. I mean, having your muscles under resistance so they continue to retain their strength. And as we get older, we our muscles and our bone strength, both st- scientifically proven, they start mm-hmm. to degenerate and deteriorate. And so I think we need to combat that so that we all mm-hmm. stay super healthy and super strong. Now, how often do you need to do that? I would say two to three days a week of strength training is ideal. And it doesn't have to be a 60-minute workout. It could be Mm -hmm. 20, 30 minutes. But as long as you're doing that consistently, that Mm -hmm. is the most important part. Now, cardio, great. We want our heart to be super healthy. We want great endurance. And you can get that in your strength workouts too. So it's not like you have to go out and double down. You could get out there as long as you're getting like 30 minutes of movement in a day. I'm a happy camper. So okay. even on the days that you want to like chill out and lay in Netflix and chill all day, mm-hmm. go out, go outside, get up and move around your house for 30 minutes. Like just get some type of movement in for 30 minutes every day mm-hmm. and you'll be really healthy. If you love, like cardio junkies out there, I fear you. I was one of you. I feel that so hard. There's nothing quite like a a little cardio high and you don't have to get rid of that. You can keep it in addition. So even on the days that you're strength training, if you want to warm up with a 20 minute walk or easy run or tack it on to the end of your workout, Mm -hmm. feel free. Just as you said before, don't do too much. So I would say ideally strength train two to three days a week. And then if you want your cardios, you can get that. Mm -hmm the other two to three days. And I'm going to say it. You know, I'm going to say it. You got to have two rest days. Listen up, everybody. Two rest days. Two rest days. Minimum. (laughs) Okay. When we're recording this, I'm in between consulting patients online and I just came off of a walk. I go with some of my team members. We like just kind of speed walk during our lunch. And I use the Peloton app even, and this is not a Peloton sponsored episode, by the way. I'm just like a super <laughs> fan of Peloton. So I want to, I don't want to mess up my streak, Rebecca Kennedy. I want to oh, get I my, that. I'm getting all the credit I can get. If it's on the Peloton app, it didn't happen. <laughs> you got to get that check, baby. You got to yeah. get that check. I know. I feel it. It's so, I mean, that's actually so smart to like, have somebody in your ear and just pace you outside. And at least, you know, for if it's a 20 minute walk, you know, you're going to go outside for 20 minutes. Yeah, it's great. exactly. So fun. Exactly. It's just a little record for me, even when I'm not inside, you know, on the bike or, or doing weights with you. So a question that well, I'll just say this, something that I learned from you that I was thinking about as you were talking was the concept of, or the topic of core workouts and people like <laughs> sort of overvalue core in a way that like I need to do the core. And something you taught me is like core is integrated in so many of the workouts that you do. Can you educate us on this? So 
your core is working 24-7. And fun fact, our four workouts on Peloton are our number one piece of content. It's no surprise, you know, like I think that people covet the idea of having a really strong and beautiful core. Who Mm -hmm. does it? I mean, like, yeah. However, I love that you have taken this away from my class that it is integrated into everything that we do. Whether you're walking up a 15% incline or you're doing a deadlift, your core is supporting you. It's helping you breathe. It's helping you digest. It's helping you create life. It's helping you literally do everything. Even sitting mm-hmm. here, you know, my core is working on just posture. Mm-hmm. So I think just the education of reminding people that when you're doing a, a goblet squat or if you're doing a lunge, in order to support that, your core is working. And sometimes I think they're even more effective than a lot of the really popular core exercises, like crunches. Mm-hmm. I could live without them for the rest of my life. They are my least favorite because they don't, they're so underwhelming in what they do. Your core functions in so many different ways from a muscular standpoint, whether you're talking about flexion, extension, rotation, support, and you have so many different muscles that make up your core that if you're just doing crunches, you're only working your rectus abdominis. You're not Mm -hmm. getting pelvic floor. You're not getting your obliques. You're not getting your QLs. You're not getting Mm -hmm. your TVA, you know? And that's why I think you'll love Pilates too, is because we talk about how to integrate the breath into working all of these beautiful underutilized core muscles and help you feel them while they're working so that you know, oh, when I did a side bend and then I did a windmill with a load, I knew that I was working the same muscle. Mm. But that's another thing. You know, that's a great actual comparison. If I'm doing a side bend right here unloaded and then I add a kettlebell or a dumbbell and I'm doing an overhead loaded Bell, I'm taking that same core exercise and making it a very traditional core exercise, which I think mm-hmm. a lot of people love to do. And I'm upgrading it to a loaded exercise that's compound. So you're also getting your glutes, your hamstrings, your shoulder, everything else attached with it. Mm-hmm. So it's an even bigger metabolic output. You're burning more calories, you're using more muscles, you're training more hinges and loading patterns in that one exercise. So Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of training full body, even though it does feel good to do some straight up core. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Well, speaking of full body, something that you also, I've learned so much from you. I'm like a disciple of Rebecca Kennedy, but is the Turkish get up. Can we talk about the Turkish get up? Because I feel like I mastered it and I feel like you taught me all the little things. Like I, I, it seems so daunting. Like I'm not a dancer. I'm not coordinated. I'm actually very, (laughs) very clunky and klutzy. And I thought this looks too complex, but it's really not. Once you learn it, you took the mystique out of it and it's a very effective full body workout. Tell us about the Turkish get up. I just have to say, I am going to take that clip and just (laughs) Use that as a PSA. That was beautifully (laughs) said. I'm so proud of you. You're welcome. It is. You're totally right. The best full body movement because I think one of the best ways to tell if you're in good health, especially throughout your life, is if you're able to get up off the floor. 
Mm. And that's simply, as simply put as it possibly can be, the Turkish get up is getting up off the floor, lying down to getting back down. And we do that obviously with a pretty heavy weight in our hand, but you can learn it without it. And it can be confusing, but anything can be confusing until you learn how to do it. And as soon as you get over that hump of knowing what steps to take safely to get Mm -hmm. up and get back down, then it's a party. You can add so much onto it. So it's been passed down from so many different strengths coaches that I've trained with in the past. And while we don't literally get up off the floor in real life, like we do with a Turkish getup, it's designed that way so that we actually can do it safely with an overhead loaded position. So you're constantly working literally from lying down on the ground, mm-hmm. your shoulder stabilizing, then you're working your core, then you're in a hip hinge, then you're in a bridge working your glutes and your hamstrings, then you're in a half kneeling position, you're going to work your core again to get up and you're going to stand up, you're working your quads, your glutes, your hamstrings, calves, core, everything all over again, and then reverse to come back down. And that's just what rep. So there's literally not a muscle that goes untouched when you're yeah. doing the Turkish shut-up. And I know you can attest to that. Because yeah. It, yeah you feel you it the one, next day. You oh feel it. Man. I mean, if you've never done it before, it is working the microfibers on your body that's like, whoa, I haven't moved since 1989. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you're, you're good. But I, I felt like the Turkish get-up was like, very much a part of Peloton classes. Maybe it was like earlier on in the pandemic and then I felt it left. So I'm voting to bring it back full force, make the people do the Turkish get up. Noted. That, listen, all I need is one person to ask for it. <laughs> it's coming back. I That's love amazing. It. So speaking of the classes, recently people started getting back into the studio after the pandemic. How's that been so far? Oh, it's such a breath of fresh air. It is honestly... You get used to not having people in the room, which was very strange at the beginning of the pandemic, having always taught to, you know, real life humans and then having to just switch gears into knowing that they were there at home. It kind of changed actually the way I was teaching. And it was a blessing in disguise for the last couple of years because I felt like I was able to tap into a different side of me to teaching because you feel like you're not being watched, although you are very much being being watched. And I felt mm-hmm. like I was able to come out of my shell a little bit more personality-wise. Mm-hmm. And so now having members back in the room, I've been doing that for uh, you know a couple of years. And I get to bring that to class with members like yourself in the room, which I hope that you actually get to come take a class. I would love to. Yeah. That would be such a dream. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So seeing actual faces and hearing their voices and, and not having to guess what they're going through or what they're doing at home, like you get actual visible feedback immediately. And it's exciting. You know, it's like I'm seeing a party that's, that you know is happening, but you don't see anybody. So having that, you know, almost how you doing, everybody yells and they're so excited to be there. And it's kind of electrifying. It was overwhelming. The first one that I did having members back a couple weeks ago in the best way. It was like a homecoming for everyone to be able to celebrate that we are turning a page and that we're able to welcome all of our community back into the studio soon. Mm-hmm. 
It's man, we've been waiting for this for so long. It's like, yeah, such a dream. In a way, it was a visualization, I think, about how we the world feels, right? In many mm -hmm. ways, because it's something that was there, 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 and then it was gone. And mm -hmm. I remember the first classes when no one was there and the world was crazy, anyways. And just visually to see that was special, just from the outside to see. I can only imagine being in the room. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, honestly, it was like, kind of surreal at the same time. I just looked around for a second and took it all in. And I was like, you guys know that you're the first people to even be in this studio that's not working here as an instructor. And mm -hmm. we, I just wanted to thank them, thank them for being literally a part of this for so long and mm -hmm. sticking through it and keeping up with their routine so much that they needed to come to the studio to take a class live. Like that's the whole reason that we're here. And mm -hmm. to be able to actually do it in person now is it's really important. And I'm so happy it's happening. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right, Rebecca Kennedy, as you know, that the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. So this is mm -hmm. Rebecca Kennedy's Art of Being Well. I'm going to just throw out questions at you, just different facets of wellness. It's going to blow your mind. <laughs> are you, are you <laughs> right? up for this challenge? Let's do it. Yeah, okay. absolutely. First question, what's the worst tasting health food or healthy food that you still eat because it's so freaking good for you that you just like, hey, it's, take one for the team and the team's your body. So you just do it. Celery juice. I drink it every day. <laughs> it is the most disgusting thing. I try to chug it as fast as possible, but honestly, it makes me feel so good. So it's worth it. Yeah, I hear you. I've had lots of celery juice over my life. It is very celery-ish. You're drinking just, you know it. You know it's yeah, celery. It's very earthy, very yeah. celery. Yeah, and it gets gets things going. So it's, uh, it's good for good for the digestive system. <laughs> That's, you better believe it, baby. Yeah. That is, uh, I love what it does. I love That's, what it does. What do you notice? Do you, I mean, digestive wise, are you taking it for any other reason? Just more energy? What are you noticing? Yeah, I feel a lot clearer mentally. I think it's really helpful with my skin as a detoxifier. I think it's wonderful, obviously, for your digestion. And it's mostly water too. So it's pretty, you know, for your yeah. skin and hydrating. It's really nice. So I just think for me personally, it helps with a lot of brain fog and helps me lock into what I'm doing, whether it's work or reading, or I'm actually able to like pay attention, you know? Got it. Are you juicing it yourself or are you going getting it? What, what are we looking at? Man, I don't have space for another appliance in my house. So I actually go out. It's part of my daily ritual where I'll walk my dog and get the celery juice. And it's, it. I enjoy that process. So. I love it. The ritual of getting it, yes. uh, walking and getting it. I love that. What are two supplements, if you even do supplements, but what are two supplements that have been the biggest supportive tools for you personally? I don't take a ton of supplements. Recently, I started taking the one thing that I do every single day, and I've done it for probably seven years now is collagen. I put, I love this coconut collagen that I put in my coffee every morning. I do it for... Now I love the taste of it and the texture in my coffee, but I do love to know that in the morning I'm going to get a dose of protein. You know, it's not my, definitely not my only source of protein. I, but to get started with the first thing you're going to have in the morning, mm -hmm. it's super helpful. And 
why not? If I can add protein to my coffee, go for it. The other thing I think is really important is I do fish oil. I do vitamin C and D and zinc. And zinc for me personally, I feel like is an unsung hero. That for my health and like immune system, it is a, it is so powerful. My mom is a nurse and she's been having me take that. Anytime I feel something coming on, she's like, go get your zinc, you know? And she's not wrong. It's, it's yeah. actually been really helpful. So yeah. I, those are the things that I take regularly. But other than that, I'm not like a protein powder or shake kind of person. So I try right. to keep it mostly whole food plant-based in my diet. I love it. I love it. What's your favorite way hack tip to get a great night's sleep. If somebody's struggling with sleep, do you have any any secrets? Well, first of all, make sure that your pillows are really comfortable and your room is dark and it's quiet and it's cool. I think a lot of times we wake up in the middle of the night and we talk and turn because our body heat is changing. And I find that I get the absolute best sleep when I am in a cold room, mm-hmm. when it's pitch black, and it is silent. So if you can't get that, you can always wear an eye mask. I had been taking Calm at night too, a little magnesium, which is really, really helpful and keeping it a little bit more natural so that you don't have to take anything else. And the right supportive pillows. If you're sleeping on your stomach, you're putting yourself into a position that's not entirely beneficial for you to wake up feeling super refreshed. So find something that'll actually help you if that's the position you sleep in. And this is actually something that you to go back crazy. I never thought I could be able to do this. But when I was injured, I had to sleep on my back for three months. And I had never been able to do that in my life. And now I cannot stop doing it. It is a game changer if you can train yourself. I know it's so weird, but like make your bed tight like it's a hotel bed and like just lay there. <laughs> I promise it'll be so helpful. Love that. And the temperature is a great tip too. I've read certain studies where they say the best sleep for people, the temperature to sleep in is like 64 to 68 degrees, which is cold. It's freaking cold. <laughs> it's cold. When I have, <laughs> oh man, when my partner slept over my house for the first time, I remember him being like, I do the covers. He was like, are you serious that you sleep with it this cold? And I was like, yes. <laughs> this is See, some, some people have to acclimate, but it is like you you don't, you're sweating, you're not waking up, you're not tossing and turning because quality of sleep, not just quantity. I see it yeah. on, pa- like I measure patient's sleep on like an aura ring, a whoop band and their REM oh, cool. and their deep sleep sucks. They think they're getting good quality sleep because they're sleeping from whatever time to whatever time, but they're yeah. tossing and turning all night long and temperature does a lot there for sure. That is fascinating. Oh, I would love to. I want to hear all four about that. We'll talk about it offline. <laughs> okay. All right. Opposite question. What's your top tip to increase your energy levels? If you're having a lull in energy, what's your pick me up? Either a really quick nap. I would have like a small cup of black coffee and take a 20 minute power nap and wake up. Feel great. No sugar, nothing in it, just black coffee. And I'm not a huge napper, so, but that's, I think it's, if you can just keep it short. And so you might not even fall asleep. You might just like be laying there for a little while and relaxing, letting your nervous system kind of calm down. Mm-hmm. When you actually, after those 20, 20 minutes, you are back active, you'll have this new wave of A, the caffeine will kick in. And then also you're regenerating a little bit of energy after mm-hmm. allowing yourself to calm down. 
The other thing I would say is if you're, if you don't want a nap or you don't have time to do it, shake, shake and dance, do something for like five minutes, put on a song because I think music will a really help you. If you always have that one dance song that you know, that can like get you going, but animals show us that they, and I learn a lot from my dom too, but like when they get up and they stretch for a second and they shake everything off, it's almost as if they're telling themselves that they can get up and get moving and mm-hmm. it's a domino effect. So I think movement yeah. and energy creates more energy. So that's, yeah. those are two ways I do it. That's a great tip. And the research around somatic therapies and just for so much, like built up stress, anxiety in the body, even trauma mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. body, movement and is medicine without a doubt. So, so many levels, even just shaking and dancing and to increase energy levels. Do you know, I'm curious about this. Do you know what Myers-Briggs or Enneagram type you are? I've taken that test so many times <laughs> over the last few years. And I I feel like I'm like an ENTJ, but I could be making that up. <laughs> I know I'm an E. I know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say that the E's, E's clear. Yeah. Rest letters we'll find out later. Well, we'll circle yeah. back. You have to tell me. Okay, I'll let you know. Retake the test. Okay. Do you know? Do you know what enneagram you are? I don't. Oh man, it's probably been like two years since I took the last enneagram. Okay. So I'll follow up with both of you those for you. Okay, I'll let the people know. Okay, people know. I was gonna say my next question that I'd written down is what are your thoughts on peanut butter? But I feel like I saw that on Instagram. Like you have a we have this common kinship love of peanut butter. What's your thoughts on peanut butter? Because I feel like it's amazing. Oh, it's so, it's so delicious, man. I think there's nothing better than post-workout peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like <laughs> it's classic. You can't go wrong. You're going to get your carbs. You're going to get your glycogen storage back. You're going to get your fats. You're going to get your protein. It is. There's something so nostalgic about it and easy. It lasts for mm-hmm. a long time. It's easy to transport and it's nutritionally. If you can get some good peanut butters, it's actually yeah. pretty good for you. And also when I had it for the first time, my, I worked with a naturopath for many years and she reached out and she was like, I love that. I love that. <laughs> I was like, great. Well, say no more. If you are approving it, we'll call the proving it. It's great. I love peanut butter. And I have, and I look, I, my agenda is bioindividuality. Again, like there are some people that maybe should go to almond butter or something else. Yeah. Like there's definitely things that to think about. But for people that tolerate peanuts all right, they don't have allergies, they don't have sensitivities to it. Mm-hmm. I, To me, like as a true peanut butter aficionado, people that say, okay, almond butter is just as good. It's like, what are they eating? Because I, it's not the same. Especially when it's the oil they have to mix <laughs> with. You know, listen, I, it's strange because I don't digest well a ton of legumes. And I know the peanut butter or peanuts fall yeah. into that category. And I was a almond butter person like I transitioned into that for a while (laughs) and then I was like this is just not as delicious I luckily don't have an allergy and I know that that's not something that everyone can have so I totally understand that if you're leaning towards like the other different nut butters the seed butters yeah there's sun butters there's macadamia nut butter there's there's something for everybody but I'm a peanut butter guy yeah same 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 are you do you go to Starbucks ever are you like a wellness elitist where you just don't do that or do you feel like you know if you're at Starbucks, what's your order if, if you go there? If I'm at Starbucks, I'm going to get a nitro cold brew. With what some, size? They only go uh, up to grande, I think, for that, right? I'm I getting, know. Yeah. I would go with the tall because I I don't 
like when the ice melts too fast and then it becomes watery. Mm-hmm. So I try to drink it pretty pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but in all honesty, I, uh, I'm a copy snob in the fact that I make my own. I love, wow. I love the way I found it. Like, have you ever heard of mocha pot? Violetti? So it's no. a stovetop espresso. And I found a coffee brine that is perfect for it. It's so, the our aroma, the it's rich, it's chocolatey, velvety. It's so great. And then I put in like my collagen and my cocoa whip and everything like that. And I make my special coffee every morning. I love this. Love it. We'll put the link in the show notes for all the things you just said so people can <laughs> get the Rebecca Kennedy special. Uh, at home coffee. Uh, last question, my friend. What is a book that you've read in the last year? Could be fiction, nonfiction, that's got you just like blew your mind or got you thinking in a fresh new way? Where is it? Oh, man. Can I show you? Yeah. I don't know if you've read this one, but I supernatural. But I do know him. I have never read it. But Joe Dispenza. Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza. Honestly, it is, I can, I can open the book to any chapter and just kind of get something from any part of the book. And it's an ongoing process of helping you retrain your brain. And I think that, that oftentimes when it comes to like goal setting or feeling productive or finding joy or feeling trauma or anything like that, it is a step-by-step process and it is an ongoing process too. But a lot of it has to do with our own thought patterns and how we train ourselves to think and allow them to go on loop. And this book kind of just blows everything on the water and helps you find a new perspective. It is it is an absolute joy to read. That's amazing. Well, that's, that's my impetus to read it now. I've seen it around. I know his work, but I've never read that book. So I'll have to know. Thank yeah, you for the. Let me know what you think. Thanks for the suggestion, my of friend. Course. This has been an awesome, rich conversation. I knew it would be. What? Where can people learn more about your work? Get in, like see all the stuff you're doing on social media. Where do they go? Yeah, you can follow me at Rebecca Kennedy NYC on Instagram, TikTok, or I'm Rebecca Kennedy Peloton on Facebook, and you can check out my website, RebeccaKennedyFitness.com. Thank you, my friend. Talk soon. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Anytime. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Madeline. Madeline asks, I struggle with brain fog and fatigue. I eat very clean, do everything my doctor tells me to do, but nothing seems to help. I think at least part of it has to do with my stressful job, but why doesn't everyone else at my company have my symptoms if it's just my job? All right. This is a big question with a lot of, obviously, I don't know your health history, Madeline, um, a lot of variables to consider, but here are some thoughts, is that we should never underestimate 
the influence that chronic stress can have on our body. But everybody's body is different. And that's the heart of what I do in functional medicine is bio-individuality. So you really can't compare yourself to other people. And especially if it's a stressful place, a lot of competition, and you want to be, you know, you're looking at other people and comparing yourself to other people and thinking, well, they're at this job. They seem to be doing well. Why am I struggling with brain fog and fatigue? First of all, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. These are silent problems, right? I'm sure you look great too. And many people with brain fog and fatigue look normal. They look great. They're living their life, but they're pushing through and they're not having a good quality day. So just because you're seeing everybody's best foot forward, meaning they're pushing through and, and basically putting on a show, doesn't necessarily mean they're they're feeling great either. You'd be surprised. I get the I get to have these conversations with all different types of people and they don't talk about this stuff, but they talk about it with me. And we work on reclaiming their health, um, but they're not really broadcasting the fact that they're struggling with brain fog and fatigue because they don't want it to impact their their reputation within the workplace or their reputation with their family and friends. So that's first and foremost. Second is back to my first, my earlier point is that it's bio-individuality. Even if you are having more symptoms than the average person, your health is not their health. Your set of variables isn't their set of variables. So comparing yourself to other people isn't always helpful either. We have to look and put it all of this stuff in context with your bio-individuality. Um, the next thing is, Chronic stress, even if it's not physically laborious, if we're talking about just mentally laborious, a toxic work environment, or just a high stress job, always on the go, this, this perpetual fight or flight type workplace, or if it's home too, like I have a lot of patients that are caretakers to elderly parents, or they have a lot, they have young kids and they have a lot of responsibility in their life. It's a mixture of a lot of different stressors. It's not just about jobs. There's some really interesting science, actually pretty recent study. It was a study published in Current Biology just recently. They found that when you have intense cognitive work, what this can do over time is it can cause an increase in potentially toxic byproducts that can build up in our prefrontal cortex, the part of our brain that really is needed for decision-making and feeling good. So when you're dealing with cognitive fatigue, or what people typically refer to as brain fog when you're talking about just feeling spaced out. Some people describe it as feeling hungover. They are disassociated with the present moment. They're just sort of staring. They have word recall problems, name recall problems. They feel spacey, and or they actually describe it as fuzziness on their brain. That's how they describe it. And some people can have brain fog without fatigue. Um, certainly, the more fatigued somebody is, that will exacerbate brain fog typically. But many people will tell me that they're not always directly proportional. They can have great energy, but they still have these this brain fog type symptoms. And there's different studies to show that there is a neuroinflammatory component to this. And this recent study out of current biology kind of further confirms that neuroinflammatory component to things like brain fog and fatigue. What the researchers found was when they saw signs of fatigue, they measured higher levels of glutamate in the synapses of the brain's prefrontal cortex. Again, needed for a decision, needed for just feeling good and operating normally within your day. Glutamate in excess levels acts like a neurotoxin. So your 
you're accumulating neurotoxins in the brain when you're going through a stressful life event. Together with earlier evidence that looked at neuroinflammation components with things like brain fog, the authors of the study found that glutamate accumulation makes further activation of the prefrontal cortex more costly, such as cognitive control is more difficult after a mentally tough workday or you know, a men- just a stressful life event or a stressful season that you're going through. So this is something to consider. The, the way to fix this, <laughs> some people have to quit their job and that's not practical for a lot of people, but some people get to the point where my job's not good for my health. And if it's possible, they come up with a plan B, but they're looking for the long term. They're looking for the sustainability of this. So obviously, I don't know your specific situation, but that is some people's decision long term is to plan for a plan B, uh, something more sustainable. But the reality is most people can't quit their jobs. And what I have found is when we deal with the things we can control, what are the things we do have some agency over, i.e. our physiological health, we tend to have a lot more resilience for that job that's maybe higher stress. So if there is inflammation going on in the body physiologically, if there is underlying gut problems or hormonal imbalance or metabolic issues or other things that are contributing to the chronic fatigue or the brain fog, that empties that bucket that's hit that tipping point. And that person has more wiggle room. They have more resilience to handle that job. Is that job ever ideal that's perpetually stressful? No, but it's pragmatic. It's real life. And I have to get my patients to live their real life and not live this sort of utopian, I'm going to live in an ashram in the middle of nowhere and just meditate all day. The reality is we have to have agency over the things we can have agency over. And our physical health is one of them. So I would encourage you to, I mean, you can reach out to me personally, just go to drwillcool.com, head on over to the consultation, how to become a patient section. I'm more than happy to look at your case and anybody else that's going through brain fog or fatigue. And if you don't have access to a functional medicine doctor, some tips and tricks, honestly, a lot of the conversations that we have on the art of being well, I mean, it is mindfulness, meditation, resting, self-care, optimal sleep, these things help to decrease the accumulation of glutamate in the body. The study found that there was good evidence that glutamate is eliminated from the synapses with sleep, restful sleep at night. So that's why optimizing sleep, especially if you're dealing with a stressful life event or dealing with a stressful job, to optimize your sleep. So go back and listen to the episodes that we talk about sleep, go back to the mindfulness and meditation, episodes to give yourself free accessible tools to start to reclaim your health. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.